Now, that was Girl and Girl with their song White Tiles, bathroom kind of vibe here on Eco Radio because we're talking about water issues with David Bristow. Now, David, before we heard from uh, Girl on Girl, you were talking about the uh, idea of mining uh, sewage effluent for water. Um, Of course, there's a lot of nitrogen and phosphorus in or there's a lot of nutrients. Hmm. Let's not worry about which nutrients they are uh, in sewage. Currently, we, you know, release that into waterways or into the sea where it can cause problems, algal blooms and all sorts of other things. Is it worth uh, recycling that and mining the sewer for nutrients? Uh, Yes, it is. Uh, Just the total quantities of nitrogen phosphorus that are available if you can collect and concentrate it. But equally, um, and probably more importantly, the sewage has a lot of carbon in it and we bury a lot of carbon uh, in our landfills as producible waste. And um, if we can follow some leads from uh, overseas, South Korea, uh, Europe, uh, we could be sewer mining um, and... uh, fortifying that uh, sewage by putting all our producible waste uh, in the pipe and uh, taking it to a central uh, treatment plant which would actually be an energy plant so you would get out of that uh, electricity or gas as well as uh, a biological fertiliser. Okay let's talk about that a bit because I'm sure that many of you dear listener uh, are not really au fait with the process that we use to break sewage down or make it safe or whatever. Um, you're saying it could be a source of energy, but at the moment it's an incredible consumer of energy, isn't it? Yes, it is. And in big city systems, it's becoming in Australia, it's becoming less because they are starting to uh, use more uh, digester technology to um, generate uh, methane and then turn it to electricity so that they're dealing or having a parasitic load, if you like, um, on a little power plant embedded in the treatment plant. Okay, so just a little uh, basic chemistry reminder. We, like fires, breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. So mm. we add the oxygen, we oxidise the carbon as part yes. of our breathing, living or burning in the case of a fire. Whereas we eat um, carbon-based foods and then we uh, burp out methane, which is carbon with hydrogens attached. That's right. So hydrogen is, I mean, methane is flammable. We can burn it. So it's uh, basically the basis of natural gas, is is it not? Yes, it is. And town gas and, and, well, we don't have a lot of town gas these days, but we used to have a lot of town Mm. gas. And so that um, methane is also a very nasty gas from a greenhouse point of view. It's 28 times more potent than carbon dioxide. So... Uh, If we burn methane to produce carbon dioxide and heat, we're actually reducing the greenhouse danger. Am I right on that or am I oversimplifying? You're right on that on two fronts. One, that you're not um, releasing the methane that would otherwise come off the breakdown of producible waste in in landfill. Um, And two, that you're replacing uh, non-renewable... you're replacing carbon-based fuels, whether that's diesel or coal or, or the like, uh, to, to generate electricity. Um, certainly in the current economy, we still rely very heavily on those carbon-based concentrated uh, fuels. So you're using a renewable source of methane um, rather than simply sucking it out of the ground from either mm. coal seam or... 
So we've got we've got the sewage which we all produce every day. We've got the putrescible waste, a lot of which is food waste that we throw out that goes to landfills. So we've yes. got quite a lot of sources that could potentially be used to uh, produce methane and as a heat source for energy production. Is that basically where you see the uh, you know the main benefit of being able to mine those waste streams, whether it's the sewer or the Best, best bang for the community's uh, buck, so to speak. I, yes, I do, because you're you're able to reduce your waste stream going to landfill, less trucks on the road necessarily, less red bins, if you like, having to be uh, managed. Um, and then you use a liquid transport system that already exists, so you give everybody an incinerator to uh, put their producibles uh, down the sewer. There'll be a few chooks that, and, and gardeners that won't necessarily be happy with that. But um, Now, as the carbon footprint guy, I'm going to sort of immediately jump to an incinerator. That's got a lot of steel <laughs> in it. Where, you know, what's the embedded energy in a, in a sinkerator and how long does it take to pay that embedded, embedded energy back? I haven't done that calculation. Right. Well, I'm going to make you do that before you come <laughs> back again. Um, okay. So, uh, putting aside the embedded energy in the sinkerator, what you're saying is that we have an existing infrastructure which is a pipe that collects things from every house and so we could use that as the source of the... Um, the, the transport of that waste. As a tra- to, to transport that yeah. waste, yeah. And, and then be able to reuse that waste to generate energy and, uh, and bio-nutrients. Uh, now, currently, we um, chomp the sewage up, we pump oxygen into it so it goes through a process that separates out... Um, you know the the raw nutrients and turns it into things that we can put into the water stream. Is that? I mean, what what happens to the nutrients in this existing standard sewage system? So currently, uh, the city of Brisbane uses an activated sludge-based process where we use uh, bacteria in a liquid soup, um, which we call mixed liquor, um, and we pump Yum. <laughs> and we feed raw sewage to it. Um, or settled sewage to it, so we take out the big lumpy bits and we then settle, uh, provide that uh, as, a, as a liquid food source to those bacteria. That grows more bacteria and we provide a lot of oxygen to... Uh, and that's a big source of energy because we have to pump right. that oxygen into the we water. That, a big to, user of energy. That's right. So you're pumping air, that's the source of oxygen. You make more b- bacteria, but the bacteria get rid of... The, a lot of the nitrogen simply to atmosphere. So we what's called nitrify and then denitrify the, the liquid. So when they get rid of it to the atmosphere, are they emitting nitrous oxides or are they emitting no. nitrogen? Nitrogen gas, so N2. Um, they, there's a residual that goes out in the effluent and uh, most nutrient removal plants will get down to about uh, better, something better than 10 milligrams per litre. So from a nutrient balance point of view, we're pumping energy into it to lose the nutrient? Nutrient, yes. Uh, it's only the phosphorus that we capture in, in a sludge. So the biological phosphorus removal component of, the, of a city sewage system uh, will absorb phosphorus into the sludge and it will become part of the biological sludge. It has to be managed carefully because under um, conditions of anaerobicity, um, you can have the bacteria actually spew out tons and tons of phosphorus and and give it back into the liquid form, and you prefer to keep it fixed in the in the sludge so that you can then potentially use that. That sludge still has a high nitrogen content because the bacteria use that nitrogen phosphorus or consume it ratio of um, five to one. So for every hundred kilos of of carbon 
uh, they'll consume also and put into their bodies, uh, or their cells I should say, uh, five kilos of, of nitrogen and, and one of uh, on phosphorus. So, the, I mean, we're not capturing that for use, are we? It's not a useful product. Uh, we are more... We, we are using it more these days um, as a as a biological uh, soil conditioner, um, a weak fertiliser, um, and it goes onto the land uh, for regrowth, rehab, and, and that type of arrangement. One of the challenges that that root does have is that it comes with a whole bunch of other contaminants, heavy metals, PFAS, and the like, uh, which then can leach out if they're not properly mm. fixed in the soil. So. If we went to a different process, instead of going activated sludge, we're pumping oxygen to grow bacteria. If we went to a process where the bugs were producing methane that we could then use for energy, what happens to the nutrients in that process? The, the nutrients are captured in, in bacteria as well. Um, you still will need to have an activated sludge type system at the at the end if you don't have a, another use for the... the uh, partially polluted uh, water that comes out of that anaerobic process. So the anaerobic process uh, works without oxygen. Uh, you do have to provide mixing. It can be kept at the right temperature through burning some of the fuel that comes off it uh, to, to heat the, the digester. It needs to run at the same temperature you and I do, around 30, 35, 36 degrees. Um, Which just raises an interesting question for me. What happens when it's really hot? I mean, we don't cope well with temperatures above 38 degrees because we can't sweat it cool down. Well, the advantage well, of sewage is it's cold. So raw sewage comes in at about 20, 25 degrees um, in, in this part of the world. If we were up in far north Queensland, it's a little bit warmer, about 30. Um, um, and do, do so sewage it, farms the, stay cool? Or do we have to use more <laughs> energy to keep them at an operating temperature? Gen generally, they, they are self-regulating on, on temperature. Mm, um, so that's not a that's not a problem? No. Okay. I mean, look, I've got a lot of questions now, but the first one that occurs to me is the sludge that we are talking about here sits at the bottom of those processes and then is disposed of at landfill or whatever. It's not part of that active um, biological process that you're talking about. The, those sludges are increasingly uh, reused um, in horticulture and some sometimes in agriculture so in Sydney you can dispose of uh, biological sludges to uh, agriculture uh, as long as you have an arrangement with the farmer to take it and they then uh, soil farm it or, or so plow it into the ground grow grass graze uh, mm. and how does that deal with some of those other pollutants that you were talking about heavy metals and that kind of thing is just, that just a sort just of leaves them there so okay. it's a dispersive model um, mm. dilution is the solution to pollution Okay. Yes, which uh, raises a lot of other <laughs> questions. It's an old adage. All right. Um, now, you have been listening to Eco Radio. It's almost time for Liminal Spaces with Ag. And so I'm going to thank you very much for coming in and talking Pleasure. water today, David. You've raised more qu questions in my mind. We might have to come back and do it all again.